0: Consider this, you've just received a promotion and a pay rise at work, but what are you going to do with that extra money? Will you save it or will you spend it? For some, saving is the obvious way forward because they're living within their means on their old salary. But for many others, the temptation is too great and they see the extra money as an excuse to pay for things they may not have been able to afford before. This is known as lifestyle creep or lifestyle inflation. As the phrase suggests, it really can creep up on you before you realize that you're living beyond your means and need another promotion and pay rise just to keep up with your financial responsibilities. It's like a vicious circle, but how do you avoid it? Welcome to Pocket Full of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is Carol Glynn, the founder of Conscious Finance Coaching, who's here to offer her advice on the best ways to avoid lifestyle creep. But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So we're here today to talk about lifestyle creep. Can you tell me exactly what it is?
1: Yes. So lifestyle creep is when someone improves their standard of living um, because they have extra discretionary income, for example. So really, it's about when what would have been considered a luxury before becomes a necessity or becomes their norm or they see these expenses as their right to treat themselves. So their cost of living goes up. So is it a common occurrence it is very common, actually, very, very common, and I think it's it's a lot of it is because it happens quite slowly sometimes, so people don't not even conscious of it. Um, so it's usually when people get an, an increase in their income, um, or they suddenly, and it can even happen when their expenses go down. So then they find that they've got extra discretionary income, and then that they find themselves treating themselves. I think usually that's when it starts. You know, oh, I, I deserve this, and um, I'm going to treat myself. But then it no longer becomes a treat after a while, it becomes the norm. And that's um, why it's so common, because it happens quite um, subtly for most people.
0: It's interesting, you know, you said that people are not really conscious of it. I guess that's why it's called lifestyle creep. It creeps up behind you. And before you know it, you know, you kind of, um, your expenses have gone up and you're kind of getting yourself into this vicious circle of, you know, more financial responsibilities.
1: Yes, exactly, and it can happen in so many ways. um sometimes it's and and it's it's difficult sometimes to identify it because I mean what's the difference between just actually giving yourself a better standard of living versus kind of the what's unnecessary? and I think that comes back to the person themselves um but yeah it, it genuinely it does what I see it creeps up and then suddenly someone really very often doesn't even realize it's happened until their their income shrinks. And then they realize, oh, I can't afford all of these things anymore. And then they start looking at their expenses and their lifestyle and then realize how much it has creeped over, you know, and it it can happen over years. But sometimes it can happen quite quickly. So if someone gets a large salary increase, if they're not conscious of how they're spending and, and not planning for their future, That's when things like, you know, the the new luxury car gets purchased or the house gets upgraded or they move from, you know, a a reasonable priced apartment to a large house just because they can, because they have this extra income.
0: What are some of the worst examples of lifestyle creep that you've heard of, perhaps? I don't know if I'd say it's the worst examples, but
1: probably quite extreme where that would people buy things that are, are really don't have any long term value. So the really expensive car, for example, because we know cars are generally, I mean, unless you're going for, you know, vintage model, maybe and depreciating assets, but they're very expensive assets. So I've seen where people spend a huge amount of their income on a really expensive car and it's expensive to purchase. It's expensive to run. You know, you have to have the insurance and the maintenance. And there's really no coming back from that, you know, because you can't sell that car for more. Um, And then in other cases where I've seen people who got a large salary increase with a new role and very and immediately started increasing their lifestyle before their probation ended, for example. And then either they didn't like the role or their probation periods, they were let go. And then suddenly they've very, very quickly increased their standard of living. And then that income is gone. And that creates debt and that creates a lot of um, even mental health issues because how how do you deal with that then if you can't very quickly replace that income? So it can become very, very stressful very quickly.
0: Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, just an extension of that, the um, COVID-19 pandemic probably would have woken a lot of people up about lifestyle creep as well, you know, if they were furloughed or, you know, had a a salary reduction, uh, things like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, What was this situation has shown people that we can never be 100 percent certain of our income. So we need to protect ourselves. So I think, you know, for for quite a few of my clients as well and, and, you know, even friends and old colleagues that I've spoken to where they had a confidence that their job would continue and didn't have no signs that um, there was any risk. And then with COVID-19, of course, you know, people lost their jobs that were doing very well and it was nothing to do with their performance. um, And it was just a situation the company found itself in. And yes, if you hadn't protected yourself with savings, with your emergency funds, then that lifestyle creep is going to cause a lot of problems very quickly because you can actually balance it out if you have your standard of living, but you're also saving enough and you have enough buffer there that if your income does decrease or go away, you you can manage your lifestyle for a period of time, then you're somewhat protected. But if your lifestyle creep has meant that you've spent all of your money um, on your actual living day to day and you've not saved enough to cover yourself, then yes, I mean, I'm, there's a large percentage of people who found themselves in that situation in the last year and a half. And it's extremely stressful. Um, it's in especially in this situation where it's not so easy to replace your role. Previously, you know, when we're not in recession or we're not facing something like COVID nineteen pandemic, then it is usually quite easy. Not quite easy. It's easier maybe to replace your role or, or find another source of income. But that's not the case for everyone at the moment. So it's it's very very difficult. And it's especially if you've got debt. So if your lifestyle creep meant you've got a larger mortgage or you've got a large car loan or you've taken out a personal loan to just basically to subsidize your your lifestyle, which I've seen with my clients, massive personal loans and all spent on lifestyle. And then you don't have an income. That's very, very stressful and very difficult situation to manage.
0: What are the early signs that lifestyle creep might be happening in a person's life? I think,
1: um of course it can vary for, for everyone, but if we even look at, you know, when we start working first and generally, you know, we're on lower salaries and then as we progress, um, I think some of the earlier signs would be, you know, you're maybe buying more expensive clothes than you would have before and you were happy with the clothes that you had before, but now you've got extra income. Instead of saving it, you decide to buy more expensive clothes or more clothes or, um, simple things like going out, going out more, having more expensive dinners um, and just buying things before you would have thought twice about. So buying things that you would have thought before was a luxury that now become almost an entitlement or a need. Um, and if and if, if you do that once and then that's OK and you're consciously thinking this is a treat for myself and I budgeted for it. But if that's happening regularly then you can start thinking, um, if you consciously sit down and look at where you're spending, you'll see that creep coming in. And it's, it's really, or it's things like back in the days when we can travel, maybe not so much now, but at the moment, but you know, upgrading yourself on flights or paying for the extra leg room. It's essentially spending money on little extra bits that you wouldn't have before, but it all adds up. And the more you do these things, the more it becomes normal, and that's what happens. And then it kind of compounds essentially, and and it escalates. But it starts; it generally starts quite small. They're the early signs of those small things, like more expensive dinners, like I said, or more times we go out, or that more expensive designer handbag that before we wouldn't have even considered, but now feel we can and probably should.
0: I find it interesting. You mentioned, you know, like when you're starting out your career or even at university. And, you know, kicking off into an entry level job, of course, you're living, you know, within a really strict budget, you, you've learned how to do that. But then it, it seems to me as well that it's almost there's a kind of a, a pressure, you know, like in keeping up with the Joneses or something, you know, there's a, a lifestyle pressure, a consumer pressure that you have to keep upgrading your life with, you know, these kind of some luxuries which people can do without really, when you think about it. Oh, yes, definitely. And that's, I think,
1: where
0: um, you need to be very
1: much aware of your own values and your own goals in life. Because if you if you don't kind of consciously decide what you want to achieve in life, what your goals are and what your money plans are, then that's where keeping up the Jones is um, where you're susceptible to that. Because if you're looking outside yourself, essentially, to what other people have, and that's your benchmark, then you will want that. Um, and it's very easy. And they say if you're surrounded by people who have that lifestyle creep or have a higher standard of living, you're more likely to aspire to that. But the flip side of that is it's not necessarily always a bad thing. So like you said, if you're a student and you're living on a very tight budget and you're maybe sharing accommodation with multiple other people, there's nothing wrong with wanting to upgrade your lifestyle to um, be more comfortable but the way I would approach it is and how I work with my clients is, is making sure that it's a combination of that it actually is within your values and what you want not the keeping up with the Joneses that what other people have and you think you should have and that's more of an ego influence and also what your actual income is and your goals in life so that you can balance it you know so your income allows for a good standard of living but then you also are saving enough to protect yourself for your future, to save yourself. And, you know, from situations like right now, if, you know, you, you can live um, a good lifestyle if your income um, suddenly goes away and you're not homeless overnight because you haven't saved for yourself. So it really is a balance. And I think to, to do that and avoid that keeping up with the Joneses, um, I guess, habit is to really just look at what you want yourself and have your own goals. But the keeping up with the Jones thing is so common. And I think it's 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 the media, it's the culture. Um, and there is very often a, a case of, you know, when we're feeling like at the moment, everybody's quite stressed and down and it's a really difficult time. There's that quick fix of like, just treat yourself. You know, there's that make yourself feel good. That's instant gratification. Um, and that's what people tell each other and they're trying to encourage each other and generally it's from a positive place. But if it becomes a habit, then um, it becomes more of an issue long-term.
0: Definitely. I think, I mean, even I'm guilty of, you know, sort of splashing out just to kind of lift my spirits and I'm sure that there's lots of people out there like that. But it is quite fleeting when you think about it. But I mean, if, if it becomes a habit, like you say, um, it can get bad. I mean, you mentioned you could become homeless. Is that as bad, you know, is that the worst case scenario with lifestyle creep? I think it can be. I mean, I mean, home to become homeless and and lose
1: your home is it's a huge impact. And especially if you have a family and there's children involved Um, and there's so much kind of um, mental health, you know, kind of attachments to this as well, because as a society, we often um, attach our worth to what we have. And this is something that I work with clients quite a lot Is that. What I have is actually nothing to do with who I am. But very often, you know, what is keeping up with the Joneses? It's showing that you are successful. It's being able to have the pride in the house that you have. And um, if it happens that you have this beautiful house that you're very proud of and you attach some of your identity to that and then something happens with your income, you can no longer afford it and you're forced to sell it that's really really difficult for someone to to deal with and to manage it's very very stressful on an individual and a family so to me yes that that would be that's huge and something that you know even if to think about when you're purchasing a house or or a large um, investment in any point like an investment of your income then if i need to give this up what is this going to do to us and on, on every aspect, really, not just on a financial financial aspect, then you need to start thinking about, you know, how do we protect that? And then where, that can help you with lifestyle creep to say, well, is, it, is this thoroughly within my values? Is this something that I really want and can I afford it and how can I protect it? Because it's one thing to pay for it on a day-to-day basis, But like like you said, if your income suddenly shrinks or income suddenly goes away, do I have enough net worth, essentially? Do I have enough cash in reserves or access to other sources of income to continue this? And if you do, then you're probably, it's less about lifestyle creep. That's about, you know, you're actually maintaining a lifestyle that you can afford long term. And if you can't, if it's that kind of volatile, that loss of income means it goes away, then it's something that probably you can't afford.
0: What's your best advice then on how to avoid lifestyle creep? I mean, it's, it's there every day that temptations are out there. How do, you, how do you stop this and become more mindful about protecting your finances and potentially your financial future? Well, I think
1: you used the word exactly mindful, being mindful of what you do. Um, so it's about having a plan for yourself. So having your, your life plan and knowing what that is cuz that kind of protects you from the keeping up with the joneses habit where because it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing if you are certain and know what you want to achieve and for you not because of what other people are telling you you should have or what you see other people have then having a budget and a budget in a way that and not a budget as in a restraint but a budget a plan in that this is how I plan to spend my money to achieve the life that I want And then you've got full clarity around, you know, what you're earning, where you're spending and how much is on that discretionary income so that there's no shock. Because very often with my clients, they come to me because they think I don't understand where my money is going. I don't actually feel like I have a very extravagant lifestyle, you know, life. They would say I don't have lifestyle creep because I never have enough money left behind, but it's because they, they there's like a lack of clarity because they don't look at exactly where their money is going. And there's always surprises in there where lifestyle creep has come in, but they weren't consciously aware of it And um, when we do look at their actual cash flows. So I think it's really important to do that at least once a month, sit down, go through your income, where your money is going based on needs, based on wants, based on savings, and then set a budget and, and analyze that every month so that you can control that lifestyle creep. And having goals. It's really about having those goals, knowing yourself, having the goals so that you can focus on that. When the temptation comes in where someone says, oh, you know, your friend has bought a, a lovely new car and it looks gorgeous and they're really happy with it. And of course, that temptation is going to be there. We're human. Like, oh, I, I want, we want what other people have and we want the happiness that they seem to have. But you need to bring it back to yourself okay sit down with your budget can I afford this and is it really within my long-term goals is it really within my values and then if it is and you can afford it then great um but if not then you've you've kind of brought yourself back to that mindfulness piece and that consciousness of actually this doesn't work for me um and that's probably an instant gratification thing that I know it's not going to work for me long term and it grounds you back in to making the best decisions you can for
0: you thank you this week to carol Glynn, the founder of conscious finance coaching if you would like advice on your personal finance issues you can write to me at pf at the national.ae. and remember pf stands for personal finance please do subscribe to pocket full of dirhams on your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and I've been your host, Felicity Glover.